This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point on WBAL, and it is such an honor to have on the line Jancis Robinson, who is one of very few wine writers that has a reputation all over the world. That's right, not just here in the U.S., but everywhere. And she uh, has amazing award-winning books, including the Oxford Companion to Wine, which I have studied over and over again in my WSET and Court of Master Sommelier training, and now is out with a new edition of another book she collaborates with Hugh Johnson on, The World Atlas of Wine. It's a seventh edition, both in actual book and digital version. Welcome to the show, Jancis. Thanks, Laurie. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, to name all of the awards and books that you've written (laughs) would take us our whole segment (laughs) because it's just that lengthy. (laughs) And I forgot to mention that you advise the Queen on wine as well. That is pretty fancy. It's quite fun to go um, marching across the gravel into Buckingham Palace, you know, get through the guards (laughs) and then we go... Uh, and uh, in fact, on um, last Thursday night, the night before I set off for the States, um, I was at a party there because the the master of the royal household was retiring. And it was just like a sort of little, well, big kind of household party. There was the Queen, there was the Duke of Edinburgh, there was um, Andrew, Prince Andrew, all just kind of mingling around. It's a nice perk, nice. I can tell you. I bet, I bet. I wonder what, what champagne is right for the birth of the new <laughs> of the new grandchild or or what well, wine is proper of but course. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so let's first uh, talk about uh you know, I've talked to quite a few wine critics and wine writers here on the show before and I always love to ask uh what is the first wine you ever tried? The first wine I ever tried was probably an absolutely disgusting thing called Lutimer Riesling, although everyone used to call it Lutimer Riesling because they didn't know how to pronounce Riesling. And it used to be imported in bulk into London docks, heavily sulfured, chock full of chemicals Ugh. to stop it sort of re-fermenting. Uh, it was a kind of very successful branded wine at the time. But a more, in, and, it, and I won't even say where it came from because it was, it, its actual origins were heavily disguised. But the first wine that <laughs> turned me on to wine and, and that I yes. remember for being wonderful was a Chambol Musigny Les Amoureuses 1959 mm. in a restaurant when I was at Oxford and it was so sublime. It was clearly something that uh, it had huge sort of sensual pleasure but you could tell that there was a lot going a lot of history and a lot of geography and um, it, there was just a lot going on there and um, Oh, it was it was wonderful. That I was think your... I've been in search of such wonderful Burgundy ever since, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your uh, newest edition of the World Atlas of Wine, you of course cover Burgundy and lots of other places. But being the seventh edition, what one of the exciting things for me as I flipped through being here from the Mid Atlantic was there are actually two pages here about Virginia. 
and that uh, yeah. from the last I version I had is pretty exciting. Is that one of the uh, areas? Have you been able to tour? Is that an exciting addition for you as well? Yes, I've been there um, two or three times, and I've noticed that the wines are just getting better and better, and not necessarily just copies of what California does, which tends to be sometimes the pattern that other states follow. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's the, of course, the Virginia map is just one of, we had to add 25 new maps because the world of wine is just exploding and all sorts of Absolutely. new areas are sort of making themselves felt on the international scene. So um, it, it always infuriates me when somebody says, oh, the, the world out of wine, yeah, I've got that. I've got the fourth edition or something because every single edition is so completely rewritten that you've got to have the latest one. You've got to have the seventh. I love that. And speaking of the latest and someone who studies wine all the time, you know, to carry this book with you on a trip or around, it, it could be quite uh, the exercise. But now you have an ebook edition, am I right? Uh, yeah. And it's, have you had a chance to play with it? I have not. I've only, I've been through and through the, uh, the hard cover, yeah. cover, but that's my next stop. <laughs> well, you can download um, a sample. And what's lovely is that you can um, zoom in on the, on the maps and the labels. So you can really see the detail. Um, I love in that. Much bigger than you can on, on paper. So I think it is going to be very useful for, for travelers and for students. Well, great. Now, I mean, of course, we're talking about, you know, people in the wine profession, maybe uh, wine geeks, or as I call them, cork dorks, <laughs> like me, With the, uh, of course, are going to love the book. But just for an everyday wine enthusiast or wine lover, how can they best use a book like the World Atlas of Wine to advance their love and enjoyment of wine? Just look up any of the words on any wine label and um, you're bound to find them. Uh, We'll have all of the appellations and the villages and um, many of the producers here. Uh, There's a very good um, index and a very good gazetteer for the sort of geographical names and mm-hmm. turn to the page and just look on the map where the wine came from and start putting things together you know when you get your say if you're, you're having a Bordeaux see which of the villages it comes from and read the text about the sort of characteristics of that village and start trying to put the geography of wine into your head try and try and make the, the groupings you know you can group wine by grape variety which is a very simple um, probably the easiest way to start trying to um, learn about wine but then start to group group it geographically because that's the other major major factor that influences how a wine tastes I always say wine is geography in a bottle really mm. and it's very oh, I rare like that. Wine is one of the very few things that we buy that you can pick off a shelf, look at the label, and know exactly where in the world produced it. That, that's so true. And I, I'm not sure if I mentioned in the beginning of your introduction that you are a master of wine, which is uh, a huge accomplishment. And some people might call you a wine critic. Do you, do you feel that's a, do you feel like a wine critic, or is that not a fair term? I feel for what more is? like a wine writer, I'd say. Um, okay. Um, although I suppose when I, I, I mean, I assemble all my 
tasting notes, all my wine reviews on jancesrobinson.com, and there are lots of them. And I suppose occasionally I am criticised for being sometimes being a little critical. Um, I can go <laughs> crazy about a wine, or if it just doesn't speak to me, I suppose I'm a little terse, and you know, I, I use words like serviceable and <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, but um, you know, I think I think wine is comes in all qualities, and um, sometimes it's absolutely glorious, and there's an awful lot of sort of pretty boring, rather industrial kind of stuff churned out too. Absolutely. But and, I, yes, you know, I don't, I, I love, I love writing. I like communicating. I like entertaining people. I like educating them. I like informing oh, I them. Um, but I think there's a whole lot more to wine than just reviewing what's in your glass. You know, there's, there's so many stories to tell, so many great places, so many strong characters that I, um, no, I, I like to try to put wine in context when I can. That's great. I've got a weekly column in the Financial Times where I try to tell some of the stories of wine and then make recommendations. Um, and I suppose it's, it's really the tasting notes, wine reviews section of my website where I become a wine critic, yeah. But there's a lot right. more than that besides. And I see from your bio that long before you even tried wine, you were already in love with great food. And your yeah. other half is actually a food writer, if I'm uh, for That's the Financial great. Yes, Times. I'm, I'm married to the Financial Times restaurant critic. Uh, so um, it's that. lovely the way that our work slightly overlaps. My husband is a chef, so I too come from a food okay. <laughs> food and wine couple. Yeah, and how do you how, how do you think that has influenced your work in the wine world? Because I'm sure you're so often together enjoying great food and wine. Um, do you do you think his work and his point of view on food helps you in the wine world? Oh, I think so. And for a start, it means that. Um, we can socialise together, and there are lots of there's a lot of overlap between food and wine, obviously, and the worlds of both. And so we have a lot of friends in common, and it's rather it's it's great travelling around the world together because there's there's al- there's always someone in wine and or food that we know wherever we go. Really, it's it's uh, like having a sort of great big extended family around the world. I love that. And one more quick question. Um, a woman in the wine world, you're probably one of the most recognizable women wine writers out there, and uh, certainly many more males than females in this sort of role. Uh, you know, how do you think that influences your take, or does it? And maybe any words of wisdom for for us uh, other women in wine, uh, <laughs> your secrets to success. <laughs> well. I work horribly hard, but I um, I was asked by a a young female wine writer yesterday what advice I had, and I said, um, always remember that when there is any objective scientific measuring of tasting ability, women always come out as more accurate tasters than men, as a general rule. I'm not making a claim specifically for myself, but just for our whole sex. Um, Also, I think... If you're a wine writer, your most important quality is to listen rather than to pontificate when you're with a wine producer particularly. And perhaps that is a more female attribute than a male one. Um, I like it. 
So sort of just be confident in your own opinions, listen, absorb, and perhaps most of all, I think a good lesson for any wine writer is humility. I mean, wine is the most important thing, not us. And it always constantly baffles you. You just think you've got the hang of something and then you have a disappointing bottle or um, a, and vintage comes along that completely overturns your previous convictions. Just keep learning. That's another thing. Oh, I love that. And, and luckily, learning not only includes your amazing World Atlas of Wine, but a glass of wine while you're looking through it. <laughs> Tasting is so important exactly. as well. Well, Jancis Robinson, um, the World Atlas of Wine 7th edition is out. We've had so much fun with you here on The Sipping Point. You can find the World Atlas of Wine, I'm sure, at every bookstore and the ebook edition uh, in the iBookstore, the Apple iBookstore. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Great pleasure. Cheers. Have a fabulous day. Thank you. <laughs> 